Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. you're here this morning and we're so glad that you're have, that you've made the effort to get here kind of different some of y'all seeing some folks for this first time we got a bunch of people out traveling but you get to see each other for the uh, first time because uh, some of y'all worship in different services so some of y'all think there's visitors in front of you and the truth is they're here all the time just a different service but we're delighted that you're here this morning everybody doing okay Summer started off all right. No rain this past week. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're, we're glad that uh, it's been hot. And uh, our older kids are with us this morning because it's so hot our air conditioner didn't work. 90 degrees in the kids' room. Aren't you thankful for air conditioning? Y'all want to go back to the old days? Uh, brush arbors, sawdust, no AC in the middle of June and July in Oklahoma. No, thank you. I'll take, I don't long for the long old days. These are mighty fine right here. Amen. Well, we're glad you're here this morning. It is uh, our, our tradition, our custom each summer uh, in the month of June for me to turn this microphone over to voices, to people that we trust, that we're in relationship with. And uh, this particular June is incredibly um, powerful for us, probably one of the uh, most excited I've been in a long time. Not that there's been anything wrong with the other Junes, but I'm really delighted uh, that we kicked it off last week, a week early, and that we continue this week. Just just as a preview, don't miss next week. Pastor Justin Blankenship will be with us next week. He's going to share his testimony. I'm going to tell you right now, if you miss that, you're crazy. Uh, I don't care what Lake House is calling, what, what 
I'm telling you, if you miss next week, you are crazy. You are off your rocker. You need to be here and listen to a powerful testimony of God's grace and strength. You think you can't make it through what you're going through. You need to come and hear what he's been through and what he's walking through with such grace. And so I just encourage you to be here. But this morning, I tried to figure out how to do this introduction um, uh, he's been with us before when we just had the one campus over on Northwest Expressway. It's been a while now, but uh, <clears throat> this is a this is a big deal for us. Um, back in the 1990s, early 1990s, when I had a lot more hair than I do now, he didn't have as much as he did uh, does now. I don't know what happened. We flopped. I don't know what happened, but uh, I was youth pastoring in McCall, South Carolina, and uh, there was this young guy youth pastoring in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, yeah, the North Carolina come. I forgot. I got to quit saying North Carolina. I just got to say Raleigh or something like that. But uh, I made a phone call and I brought him down to McCall, South Carolina. And for the first time ever, he preached a youth revival at my youth ministry. And we've been friends ever since. Now he went on and made it big time. He he uh, he he became the youth pastor at John Hagee's church. He's been on the Oprah show. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I, he grew his hair out and became a hippie, and he still gets asked to preach with long hair. My own grandma wouldn't let me preach in her church when I had long hair, and he's preached all over the world with long hair. I'm, I'm offended and hurt, and so I'm going to grow my hair back out. The only problem is, well, you know what the problem is. Okay, so uh, I'd look like the SOS, dash, dot, dash. I don't know. Uh, um, y'all, some of y'all are slow, but you're worth waiting on, but... Uh, He's been a genuine friend to Julie and myself, and it's an enduring relationship, and we are so delighted. He has uh, started a church there in San Antonio now, and I, I get no San Antonio. I got North Carolina love. I got no San Antonio love. What's wrong? Uh, and John, you're slipping, man. What's wrong with you? And Spurs, okay, I knew it was coming. All right, uh, but uh, they're doing a phenomenal job, and I want you to give a huge a huge Passion Church welcome to one of our best friends, Pastor Warren Beamer, as he brings the word this morning. Wow. Well, you, just, you, you really can't know how much of an honor it is to stand in this pulpit and to speak to this congregation. You'd have to know how much these two people mean to me. Uh, two of my oldest, not oldest, well, not my longest running... <laughs> Of all my friends, age one. No, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, <laughs> to my to my longest, most endearing relationships, friendship wise in the ministry, and two of the most dearest people to my heart are the pastors you have on the front row right here. Um, I've watched them in I've watched them in situations that uh, they were blessed and not blessed, and I've watched them stay the same. I've watched them walk out evenly. I watched them be faithful to people that were blessed and not blessed. There was times that I was not blessed. There's times that I've walked through some really difficult, ugly places that said a lot of things about me and put me in some bad lights and bad dispositions. And and those two people never changed to me. They never pulled their hand back from me. They never stopped taking my calls. They never slided off from me. They were faithful. And God blesses that. God blesses that in amazing ways. And I'm blessed to have them as friends. I love y'all more than I can tell you. I do miss the ponytail, Steve. Um, <laughs> when I met him, he was this long-haired hippie, and I was, I was high and tight. That's how I was. And, and uh, he had a Mustang. He had a Mustang back then. Or was it Camaro? Uh, 
I got the Camaro now. He changed? Oh, my goodness. He came to the Chevy sides. He got that word, fix your repair daily, huh? That's what he got. <laughs> but it's just such an honor to be here. So thank you for having me. Other pastors you have in the house, Woody and Jesse, mean the world to me also. It was about nine years uh, that Steve and Julie sent Woody to me uh, to, to beat and uh, thrash around a little bit. And we got to do something. You know, Steve, it, but because of different things that, that happened not long after that, Woody is one of only three people that went through that internship. That We sent Woody all over the world to how many churches? Six churches. Six, Six countries, seven churches, I believe, to intern and learn how to do pastoring. Um, it, that's, I need you to understand. Do you understand that's the covering that you walk under? You might be here just thinking that you're here to fill a pew and to fill a spot. Um, God's raising you up for something, to do something incredible. And if you're just sitting here, you're missing what's happening. Because God's wanting to build you in a certain way. But uh, Woody came to us, and we got to meet Miss Jessie shortly afterwards and fell in love with them. Are they amazing as well in the same time? We bless God for them. But uh, so I, I have so much fondness. And, and how, the team that came to San Antonio uh, Dream Center uh, worked with me a while back. Rachel, if, you're still, if you're here and you were part of that team, they came. how many years ago was that, Steve? Because we do the Dream Center in San Antonio. Six years ago, a team from here came. So we've got to interact so much. It feels like family in the house with me and everything that's going on. So it's, thank you for allowing me to be with you. Uh, I bring greetings from my wife and from my children who are in Baton Rouge right now doing sport camps at LSU. Uh, thank you, Lord. A uh, uh, little represent here in the house. Yeah. All you Sooner Cowboy fans got to look at that all morning long. <laughs> you Tar Heel fans too? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> well, it's a good day in the house. It's so good to be here. God bless you. Turn with me to Luke chapter 19, the 41st verse. I believe very specifically as... Uh, as um, very specifically that... God has a word for the church this morning. Um, he has a word for the church. I want to read to you the 41st verse of the 19th chapter. And then I'm going to jump around a little bit to a few other passages to, to bring this into being. What God says in the 41st verse of the 19th chapter, it says this. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou had only known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto your peace, but now they are hid for your eyes. For the day shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee around, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay, every, lay, lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave one stone on another, because thou knewest not the time of your visitation." I want to speak to you this morning on those last few words, the time of your visitation. Father, we thank you today for your goodness and mercy, your, your grace that's with us, Lord God, and everything that you cause to be. Father, we trust you today, Lord God, to speak into us and to show us what you want, Lord God, to bring us where you desire today, God. Father, thank you for your goodness to us, Lord God. 
Father, allow us to hide behind the cross of Christ. And Lord Jesus, you come forward and you deal in us and who we are. We thank you for it, Lord. Bless our family and our pastors where they are, Lord God. Keep them in the center of your hand and your will. In the mighty matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. I want to say something real quick that I've said here probably before, but it bears repeating, especially in, in these days. You've got a pastor, uh, you've got pastors here that are about to go on sabbatical for a reason to get rest and everything that's coming on. I'm so proud, so happy to be one of the voices that gets to come into this time and speak into you. And one of the things this voice is going to say is that if you're not praying for your pastor, then you're messing yourself up. I didn't say you're messing them up. I said you're messing yourself up. Because I've been in spots all my life, being raised in the ministry, raised in church, my mother was always, she was a state overseer, secretary for the Church of God, always a church secretary. I've watched pastors my whole life. I've been the pastor's, pastor's kid's best friend. My whole life I understood them, walked with them. I was never the pastor's kid. My father wasn't a Christian. I was the pastor's kid's best friend. And I watched what these pastors went through, what their families went through, what they knew and understood. And I learned something a long time ago, that those pastors need to be blessed for me to be blessed. I, I, I need you you wait <laughs> your pastors need to be blessed for you to be blessed because the blessing trickles down i've been in spots i look being raised up in the different churches i was in i've been in spots where seven of the nine pastors that i set under fell morally and I watched what havoc came through the church i watched the things that that, that impaled us so I'm telling you something. You need to pray for your pastors. And I want to encourage you to do this. I do it every time I eat. My kids, if you heard my kids do, bless their meal. They, and every, every time we bless the meal, they end with, and Father, bless our pastors right now where they are in Jesus' name. Increase them. Amen. Every time we eat. If they're blessed, you can't help but be blessed. If they're increased, you're increased. I want to encourage you this morning, every time you eat, to bless your pastors. Let that voice, let me the first thing this voice speaks into you today of the voices that are talking to you, that you need to be lifting your pastors up every day and make it easy. So make it just every time you bless your food, just close out as you saying, Father, thank you for this cheeseburger, God. I thank you for every bit of grease, every bit of cholesterol. I thank you for every, everything that's going. Oh, I just can't wait. It is so good. And Father, bless my pastors where they are. In Jesus' name. How many will commit with me over the next month, or over the sabbatical time? Did you bless your pastors every time you bless your food? Come on. Every time you bless your food. Hallelujah. Now this passage we jump in this morning is one that on its own I, I didn't see or know. God, what are you trying to say? So I asked the Lord specifically, God, where would you want me to take this passage to understand it, to explain it? Is it Because I believe in stories. You can ask... Steve, what does Warren preach? He preaches stories. I get this story that we used to run about of David and Abishai. And I had one angle on it, and David had the, I mean, uh, what's your name? Jimmy? <laughs> Steve. Steve. Jimmy had the other angle on it right over here. <laughs> but I love a story in the Word of God. The Bible tells us stories, and through the, why do you think he put all those people in the Old Testament? Why do you think he did all those things? Why do you think, think he let things happen and let things be seen? Why do you think he let wars be seen and famines and, and people that failed and, and people that had great struggle? So that through their story, we could see the grace of God applied in their life and applied to our life. Through that, we could understand the goodness of God and bring it around. So God, where does this story explain out? And God brought me past David, past all the kings, past everybody else. 
And he brought me right to the life of Samuel. He brought me right to who he was in this. And, and I was trying to understand this passage that, golly, if only you knew what was for you right now, what was being prepped for who you are and laid into, but because you did not see it, Every stone is laid desolate on you and everything's lost and done. See, God's got a plan for our life, but if we're not taking in what God's got for us, then whenever the enemy comes, he will destroy us. He's got a plan for your marriage, but if you're not taking in with your marriage, I'm going to tell you something. It, it, it happens. If you're not guarding certain things a certain way, he'll destroy your marriage. He's trying to take your children. He's got a plan for your children, but if you're not looking after what's happening and seeing exactly then He's going to destroy your children. And I'm not just talking about the failure that happens with your marriage or the failure that happens with your children because the failure is only the shot at it. The real failure is if you don't get up from it. The real failure if it doesn't keep going, if it doesn't survive. That's the real failure. He's looking to attack you, but what's going to be the result of the attack? And I looked at this story, and as I started looking at the book of Samuel and started looking at his life, I saw a passage in the 20th verse. It says, it says that, Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare him a son, and she called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him from the Lord. And the first thing the Lord is trying to build in you and show you and I in this day, so that when we come to our situations, we're not left desolate as a place of faith. He's got to build faith in who we are. See, Hannah was somebody who couldn't have children. I understand this very well because, because my children, it took quite a while to have my children. It took 15 miscarriages to get the two beautiful daughters that I have. And so I relate to it very, very closely, very strongly understanding that, that it just doesn't happen because two people have sex. It just doesn't happen because they get married. It just doesn't happen because some other scene came around. It happens because God chooses intense. He wills something. He brings it about through that womb. And they have a child. He's made something to be. It doesn't just happen on accident. It happens through faith in God that God's purposing something. And, and, and all of a sudden we see faith as a, a factor in what God's trying to build us so that we're not laid desolate at the day that we're attacked. He's trying to build your faith right now. And it starts with believing the impossible. Hannah couldn't have a child. As Hannah couldn't have a child, she went, she asked her husband, she asked family, she asked the priest, she went and prayed, and she just couldn't have one. Are there things right now that you can't have? What are the things that are in front of you that you're believing God for, that you're trusting Him, trying to make happen to come about in your life? It's not time to quit. It's time to hold on and hold on stronger. What God's put in your heart is supposed to be. So you don't give up on that thing. It might not come the way you want it. It might not look what you're looking for. It might not be what you're actually asking Him for. But God's bringing about what you need today, specifically in the course that He's planned for you. So we see Samuel in a place. We see, before Samuel's even born, we see faith as a part of his life. See, now, I, I didn't just start believing for kids to be born. When I was about six years old, my dog got run over. At six years old, my dog got run over. He drags himself up the driveway. My his back was crushed, blood everywhere. My daddy put him on a little pillow in a boat shed. My daddy said, son, your dog's going to die. He's not going to be here long. He's going to die. He said, uh, so play with him now. And we went to, my, went to church that night. My, my daddy wasn't a Christian, but he took us to church when he went, before he went well, when he lived with us. And uh, we went to church that night. My mom went down to the altar. She answered an altar call right on the front of Preston Steve. And I followed her down. I knelt right down beside her right there to deal. And Pastor Youngblood, 
reached down and said, little warning, is there something you want to pray about? And I said, yeah, I want to pray that God heals my dog. My dog. My dog. Now, see, some of y'all got little things that seem impossible. You, you think God don't care about the smallest stuff of your life and where you're at, what you make, where you live, what you work on, little things that are... But God's got a plan for everything that you are if you'll hold on to who God is. He'll make that for you. I'm sitting there and he prayed over my dog. I got up and I went back to my, back to my seat with my mama. Six years old. I just believe Jesus. Anybody just believe Jesus? Come on now. You just believe Jesus. It's time to just believe Jesus. What do you think for this church? It's time to just believe Jesus. What do you think for your calling? It's time to just believe Jesus. Oh, but it ain't happy. Just believe Jesus. See, because it all starts with faith. If you're going to stand at the day when everything comes against your life, it has to start with faith. And I went back and sat with my mom in that pew. And we got in that, that white Silverado pickup truck. We drove home. We backed up to that boat shed. And my little butt slid across that seat and hopped down. My feet landed on the ground. And as soon as they hit that ground, that little dog jumped off that pillow and ran and jumped in my arms. Completely healed. Bones broken, put back together. Organs crushed, put back together. Alive. Lived for years to come. A dog. Golly, I, 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 what are you believing for today? What are you believing for today? You think your belief is for now, and bless God it is, but really your belief for now is going to build the beliefs that you have for when you get down there, then you're still able to stand in God and hold on no matter what's come at you. But that starts now. He builds faith in us. He builds faith. And golly, all of a sudden, I can understand something. Pastor Steve, my dog getting run over was one of my visitations. It says, because we knew not the time of our visitation. You've been being visited and you just thought it was hell coming against you. But God was given a chance for faith to rise up in who you are so that when you hit the thing down the road that you couldn't handle and stand, you'd be ready because you went through this and this and this and this and this and God had you then and then and then and then and now you're ready. It was the time of your visitation. It was the time of your faith being brought out. And we just cry and say, God, why would you let this happen? <gasps> it's the time of your visitation. Because they knew not their visitation. They knew not when Jesus was right in the midst of them. It's in your failure. It's just time for you to have faith. Time for you to trust what happens. She had to dream the impossible. She had to go past family and friends. Look, her own husband looked and said, I can't do this for you. The priest looked and said, Oh, are, are, are you drunk? What's wrong with you? Hannah, okay, yeah, bless you. Go home. She had to look past everybody else in the scene. She had to believe what nobody else could believe. And then when God proved His faith, she had to give it back to Him. See, God does things in our life and He makes things for us and, and we make nothing of it. 
You start sharing the faith that God's brought up in you, the things that God's done in you. And you start to see what happens when you let that child of a faith go back into the arms of God and start to raise things up. All of a sudden, you're t- I guarantee you, there's kids going to walk out of this room tonight. That's, when their dog get hit, their children in this place, because we got children's church here today, right? You believe Jesus can heal your dog, baby, if, you, if your dog ever gets hit? Do you believe that? Because he healed mine. He, I, how old are you, boo? You're nine? I was six. And he healed my dog. He was like dying. Blood everywhere. Broken bones. Couldn't move. It was so sad. I was crying so bad. And he healed my dog. So if he healed my dog, he'll do anything, right? I need you to hear me. I believe there's kids going to walk out this room today saying, Well, Jesus, you healed his dog. (laughs) How about my dog? <laughs> Heal my dog. <laughs> I want my dog healed. <laughs> I give you story after story as a boy growing up. Where it seemed like I lost everything. And Jesus made the way. Just made the way. He's building your faith for a reason. Quit overlooking it and think it's just something that happened on the shelf and lay it back there. Start to share your testimony. She brought Samuel back to the temple and gave him back to God. It's time to bring your testimony back into the middle of the place where God can start to use it and put it forward at somebody. If this church don't grow, it ain't on that pastor's fault. It's on you. Do you hear the voice speaking this morning? He said, it's voices. It's time for you to get out and share your faith. Share your faith. What God's got in you. Look, in the day that it all happens, you've got to hear me today. Your faith is a foundation that you'll go from. So recognize the faith God's risen up in you. See where it's at today. The first visitation that they had was of faith. The second visitation was of his calling. Now we know the story. I won't read the passage. But all of a sudden we see Samuel as he's all of a sudden in the house. He's about, he's raised probably about 12 years old, whatever, whatever the scene. I've heard it back and forth, different age and different numbers. But he's brought back in the scene to do a simple deal. He's got a simple deal that he, he tests the, he, he goes and he cleans the wicks off of the candles and resets the oil and all the different stuff of that. He's just doing the regular work that's there. It's nothing fancy. It's nothing pretty. It's nothing crazy cool. There's no demons getting cast out of no candles. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody getting slain in the spirit. Ain't nothing. It's just candles. It's keeping a labor full of water. It's doing the regular, just awesome, regular, honorable things that God's got you doing in the temple. It's the regular work that's just done. And in the middle of the work, I need you to understand this, not in the middle of the play, not in the middle of sit back, not in the middle of the grumbling, not in the middle of complaining, not in the middle of all the other things, but in the middle of the work. In the work. In the work. See, you've got to know your visitation. If God's given you a call and a job to do, then you've got a visitation coming your way if you stay in the middle of your work. But you, keep, you, you, you skip your work that God's called you to for this church, and you'll miss your visitation. 
I need you to hear me today. Because your visitation is going to happen in your work. Your visitation ain't going to happen. Well, maybe I could do this. Maybe that would be. Maybe. Visitation is going to happen in your work. It's going to happen in your faithfulness. And the Word of God says that as he was in the middle of his work, lo and behold, all of a sudden he hears a voice. The voice cries out to him, Samuel! He immediately jumps. You know the story. He jumps up and runs and see. What you need? What you need? What's happening? I didn't call you, boy. Go back and lay down. See, he could hear the voice of God. He could hear it. Anybody got a hearing problem in here? Anybody here got a hearing problem with God in here? What are the things around you? I can tell you, the temple's a quiet place. Sometimes you've got to get away from all the noise that's going on around you and be in a spot where you can hear God's voice separated from everything else around you so that you can start to catch exactly what God's saying, what He's doing. But in that, he started to know God's voice. It came the first time, he wasn't, what, what, I, I hear something, but what? Came the second time, oh, yeah, you are. Came the third time, yeah. He goes, man, just go lay back down. That's God speaking to you. That's God talking to you. He's trying to tell you something. He's trying to speak to you. And yes, you're hearing something, but you're not discerning it. You're hearing things, but are you discerning what's going on? See, it's a time of your visitation when you're in the middle of your work. Because in the middle of your work, God's got you already lined at a certain place. And He's going to start to speak into who you are. He didn't do this while He was off on break. Just chilling out. He was work. He was in His work. Pastor Steve and Pastor Julie about to take sabbatical. And I'm going to tell you something. For that man sitting right there, taking a sabbatical is going to be work. (laughs) It's going to be work. (laughs) Baby, you see my cell phone? It's in the pool, baby. (laughs) It's in the pool. middle of his work what's God called you to do and set in your life what's he called you to do and wants you to start to walk in because in the middle of your calling you'll start to hear the voice of God and that's how you start to know the voice of God I, I knew I knew the voice of God from being in the middle of places I was at I wasn't always sure about what was being said but the more I stayed in the place of God and worked the things of God the voice of God started to become clear to me and who I was and all of a sudden his I started to understand his saying and what he was doing all when I stayed in the middle of what God had set me to do and I stayed submitted now hear that he didn't go read he didn't go read some book of a local prophet down the street hello he didn't run off to the, the, the priesthood tape ministry. He went to who he was walking under and said, I'm hearing something right now, and I don't quite get it. I'm hearing something. That's the voice of God. All of a sudden, the calling, you start to understand the voice of God. In the calling, you've got to start making sure that your spiritual wealth doesn't deaden you. 
He had great things around him. He had all these uh, brass and gold and silver and, and all the things. He was important. He was, he was separated out to do the different deals. But it, it couldn't deaden him to who he was. It wasn't just, a, wasn't just a chance of having some great opportunity. There was corruption like mad in the middle of, of the church back then. Anybody ever seen anybody? Corruption in the church? That's crazy. That's, how can that ever be? <laughs> but the corruption in the church wasn't supposed to change him. Corruption in the church was just supposed to make him listen a little harder. Hophni and Phinehas, they say that the sons of Eli were probably at this time prostituting doing male and female prostitutes from the front steps of the temple. I'm talking about crazy stuff. Yeah, that's what they had back then. And Samuel's got to stay in the middle of all this. Trust God. Still lean on his leader. Still hear the Lord. Still do the work. Keep going. He can't let any of it kill him out. Oh, but they did wrong. Can't kill it out. Oh, but they're hypocrites. Can't kill it out. Oh, but they left. Can't kill it out. i got to keep going. i got to keep listening. I can't let anything make me lose the voice of God. So in his calling, in his calling, he had to stay true to what he had in God. His whole thing was service. And what did he say to the Lord when he finally got there was the voice of God? He said, Lord, here I am. What do you want? You know the whole thing with the voice of God that he's speaking to us? The voice of God is, is, to, is to bring us to the place that we're supposed to be. Is to speak in us the things that we're supposed to have. What's supposed to be around us. What we're supposed to do. And as we know the voice of God, we become sure of the things of God that He's established for us. You're not always sure of the stuff that's around you. Because things change. People change. Spots change. Ministries change. Work changes. But God's voice never changes. One too long ago. I, 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 full disclosure, me saying that stuff about your marriage and all can fall apart. It wasn't too long ago, I, I went through divorce. Uh, uh, my wife of 20 years left me. Everything seemed to change. The way people reacted to me changes. The bookings I got changed. <laughs> the respect I got ministry-wise changed. Everything changed, but the voice of God never changed. See, I heard the voice of God in my calling, in my days. I remember the first time I went to speak for, for, for Pastor Steve in McCall, South Carolina. That's, that's about as nothing of a place <laughs> as you ever want to go in your life. <laughs> Ain't much there, except a bunch of used buses for sale, if I remember right. <laughs> I remember that trip. I remember driving that, this long road going there. And God speaking to me the whole time I'm driving. Speaking. Just speaking. Just speaking. Just speaking. It was a, it, it, it was a, a dead time. Sometimes a, a lonely time. Sometimes by yourself. It wasn't some big famous place. But God was building me. You know, the, the, you know that message that I, I spoke there? What's in your hand? God gave me a message going to that camp going to that revival that Pastor Steve had, that he spoke to me on driving there. I remember it. 
that I've used for 30 years around the world or 25 years around the world since then. Seen tens of thousands. I can't, I don't even know the number. It could be off of that message that God gave me that day. Because God's got a plan. And His visitation is in the middle of your calling. His visitation's in your faith. If you don't have it built up, then you can lose everything. His visitation's in your calling. If you're not holding to what God said to you, set where He's got you, and continued in what He's doing in you, then you're going to miss your visitation. And His next visitation's in your testing. We see Samuel as he would go out, he would, he would give Eli the word. It wasn't a cool deal. I mean, it would have been rough. I mean, Samuel has to go tell Eli, hey, you're corrupt and your family's corrupt and God's going to bring all of it down. And it's going down and that's you. Big old Eli falls off his chair and dies. They lose the Ark of the Covenant. The whole situation just goes down. That's what Samuel had to deliver. He stayed faithful in the middle of his calling. He stayed faithful through the time. And because he stayed faithful through that time, all of a sudden we see another scene. We look in the book of 2 Samuel, the 15th chapter, and we'll see where God said, I want you to go kill, go destroy the Amalekite people. Because the people of Amalek hurt my people. As the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt, they'd be in these long bands of millions of people. These long bands. And the Amalekites would wait, hiding in groves and, and hiding in caves. And and wait till it had gotten far enough away that, that, the, that the men, or what would seem the stronger part, would be separated. And, and a long line of millions of people, all of a sudden the Amalekites would rush through the middle of the line with their horses. They would pick up people out of the line and take them off. They'd do the worst experiments you could imagine. They were the Hitlers of their day. Skin, men alive, they would, they would just do horrible things to these people. And God said this word, I remember Amalek. And I want it destroyed. I remember Amalek. And so he anoints Samuel. Saul has been anointed to be king. And Saul's being sent to be king. Being sent to destroy Amalek is, is really his, one of his first jobs, his first priority to get done. And as he does, the Word of God tells us that Saul goes forward and he doesn't destroy Amalek like he's told to. He doesn't, he doesn't kill everybody. He, he defeats them, but, but then he takes all the gold and the silver. He takes the pretty things with him. He puts it all in to, to, to his own deal. He, he ties the king behind him and drags him through the streets and he starts to make images to himself. And all of a sudden, Samuel is faced with the dilemma. All of a sudden, Samuel's in the spot that this is the person he's anointed to be king. But this is the word, and this is what he's done, but this is the word God gave him, told him to do. And he's no longer in a place where he can bless what Saul's done because Saul's gone against the word and the voice and the will of God. And he looks at him, he has to walk up to him straight up, and he has to see the different things that's going on. And the first thing Samuel had to do when, when times were tough, and it came as a confront, uh, an affronting to him of what was there, was Samuel had to walk in obedience. In the place of your testing, you must follow obedience. What does the Word of God say? Obedience is better than sacrifice. I'd rather see somebody obey and walk what they should be than to do some big, awesome, incredible thing that God ain't wanting. 
God don't want your sacrifice. He don't want your big show. He wants you to shut up and listen. You hear I'm telling you right now? He don't want the big thing. He don't want, oh, but God, I... What did he tell Peter went up on the mountain transfiguring? We can, we can build three tabernacles. Oh! God goes, shut up, Peter. It's my son right there. Listen to him. You're talking too much, boy. He wants your obedience. He don't want to see how awesome you are. He knows what he made you. In the time of your testing, you've got to walk in obedience. The Word of God says that He walks up to him, and he's, as He walks to him, He sees all the good. He sees all the pretty stuff. He sees all the sheep and the lambs. He sees the gold they brought with him. He, he, he sees the, the women that are beautiful that were brought behind him, and, 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 and some of the workers that came. He, he sees all the different stuff, and He has to look beyond. You have to look beyond the wealth of this world in the place of your testing and see the will of God. You have to look beyond everything else that's put in front of you. Everything else. Everything else. And you have to know what God wants. That might be incredible. That might be amazing. But that's not for you. I walked through divorce, as I just told you. And it was a painful thing. Steve, I I thought I understood the the, the word. I mean, I, I counseled. I bet I counseled a thousand people over 22 years of ministry being married about what divorce was. I didn't have a rat's rear end idea of what I was talking about. Because divorce was the most painful, most ugly, most horrible thing I could have ever imagined. The pain was would put me beside myself. I, I know what David means when he says the 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 arrow that flies by day and the pestilence by night. I know what it means to not be able to be alone. I know what it means to be scared of what, what's going to happen as soon as you wake up. I know what it means to be in this pain level uh, like I've never imagined. The loneliness, the depression, the, 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 that you just don't feel worth of anything. You feel like you've been used and everything's done and there's no more chance or shot for you. That song that we sang this morning, that, hey, God's got it. He's going to make it new. He's doing something. He's bringing something around. I understood all of a sudden. For three years, a three-year divorce process that was so horribly painful and so lonely. And at the end of it, it would have been nice. It would have been nice to have somebody beside or do different things. That ain't what God called me to. God called me to a certain ministry. I did the Dream Center. And I did that with everything I could. I poured my heart into it. I have two beautiful, amazing daughters that I swore to them. I said, you might, you might be a, if, I never planned for you to be divorced kids, but if you're going to be divorced kids, you're going to be the baddest to the bone divorced kids anybody's ever seen in their life. Every kid in their life is going to want to be divorced because they see you. Because <laughs> you're bad, bad to the bone. Because you're that incredible. Because you got to do that much. And I poured in my babies. I loved my babies. I saw them get established in things. And today, my, my oldest daughter's 14. She's a, a freshman. She was golfer the year last year to school. And she walked out on LSU campus this morning. Come on, now, shaking your head back there. <laughs> walked out on LSU campus this morning to go through her first high school level uh, golf academy. 
at, at Louisiana State University, which won the national championship last week in golf. I'm sorry, I got to keep saying that. <laughs> I could have chose. I'm going to tell you something. People will throw themselves at you. And I'm going to tell you something. There was many a spot where I got to preach in different churches and people had to come up around me because they knew what was being thrown at me. They knew who was being thrown at me. They knew all the scenes that was around me. For three years, I didn't date a single person. I didn't do nothing. I was, I was married and I was believing for what God would do there. And I held to that. It's my message of faith that pastors had somebody divorced preaching this morning. If it does, you got to talk to your pastor about that. <laughs> I stay true. I stay right down the line. That's right. So many things offered, but they weren't God things. They weren't God. Steve, when I first saw faith, somebody showed it to a picture to me. Because I'm remarried. I married about eight months ago. First saw her picture. She was beautiful, incredible, and everything that was told to me was how much she loves the Lord. Everything was about her. She she did she did worship for, for children's church there in my home church, healing place in Baton Rouge. All these different things about her. I met her. She came out of children's church. She had her hair up in this uh, up in a ponytail, and she walked out. And I saw her, and I thought there just ain't no way. How you doing? <laughs> nice to meet you. And I thought there just ain't no way. Nah, she. Nah, no, 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 no. Lo and behold, everything I'd ask God for, I'd ask Him for seven specific things. God gave me seven specific things. Down to some very particular things. I ain't going to stretch your faith. But he, down to some very particular things. And every one of them were in this particular young lady. I didn't know it at first. But God was bringing about what He would do. See, everything else in the world that the enemy wants to throw at you will not compare to what God has for you. And you can't look at what first comes at you and glitters and shines. You've got to wait and know what God's bringing to you that falls in line with what He wants. Do you hear me? There are people, there are opportunities, there are jobs, there are places that everything else can set in front of you. But unless you know the will and the eye and the hand of God and what He's bringing for your life, you're going to choose what ain't God. Lo and behold, he brought this beautiful lady in my life. We dated for about two years and we got married about eight months ago. And God does this restoration thing. He brings something incredible into your life, but you got to hold on to him and look at what he wants, not what your eyes want. Samuel had to look past that in his testing because your testing's coming. And he had to look straight at Saul and say, what is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? He had to turn away from pride because Saul looked at him and said, hey man, I just built some statues to me. How about we build some statues to you? And it ain't about me in this spot. It's about him. Are, are, are you trying to build something to you today? Are you building something to God today? It's a different scene. God shows you when you walk through certain things. Sometimes where you were that you just weren't. 
you start to see in the testing that God was doing a visitation for you. He was trying to bring you to reality of everything that was going on so that you could find exactly what He wants. And then lastly, in the anointing. Could somebody come to the keyboard? See, God's planned something for you to anoint with your life. He's planned something for you to come forward in. The whole point of Samuel's life, when you really look at this last passage I'm about to tell you about, everything comes to a head right here. Because Israel is without. They don't have anything. Israel has lost it. The ark's gone. The king, Saul, has disobeyed God. Brings him to the wrong place. Everything is desolate. Everything's just about destroyed. There's no hope in what's going on. And the Word of God tells us that Samuel kind of sits down on a stump or on some steps somewhere, puts his head in his hands kind of thing. He's just all down trying, walking around sad. And God speaks this real simple word to him. How long are you going to mourn for what was? How are you going to sit in failure right now in all these things and just let the failure be what you're about? How long are you going to stay right here and not let something grow out of you and go where it's supposed to go? How long are you going to be in this spot? Because there's a visitation. I've been doing something all your life in you, Samuel, that you don't even see. I put faith in you that you could believe for God for me to make something out of nothing. And then I, I took you through the time of your calling where you had to work even when it stunk, when it wasn't cool. And then I put you in this testing so that you would be able to look and know what was right and not choose the wrong thing. And now here you find yourself at the end. All this stuff has happened and you don't know what to do. All you got to do is look back on everything that's been for you to know what to do right now, son. Because I've made myself a king. I'm not ever without. I am God. I made myself king among Jesse's sons. So I want you to go right now where Jesse is, the Bethlehemite. I want you to call his boys together because I'm going to anoint something. You know God's got an answer for you? Do you hear me? Hello? God's got an answer. God's got an answer. He's got an answer. Let's walk through the horse. God still had an answer for me. He had an answer for me that he was going to hold me and take me all the way through and keep me in the middle of it. And I didn't want the horse. I hate the horse. But if you're sitting here and you've walked through that scene tonight, you need to know God's got something new for you that he can do any day. My God's that real. He's that alive that he can take you through and make whatever was into something that'll make you for what he's going to do. That's your God today. That's who he is. God's got a plan. Do you believe God's got an answer for, for whatever your life is? You gotta believe he's got an answer for your children? Steve was in the middle of the spot. It was about three years ago. And some very detrimental things were going on in a place that my, my children are actually caught in a bad spot I remember I was talking to my counselor and I was just talking to my counselor I, just, I was praying talking to my counselor and this really bad negative thing had happened and gone on and 
I'm scared for my kids. I love my babies more than anything in this world. And the counselor was telling me, he just kept saying, just, just give it to God, Lord. Give it to God. Give it to God. Give it to God. Just give it to God. Just give it to God. Just give it to God. And I, I worked up and I worked up and I worked up until I finally said, I don't trust God. Those words came out of my mouth. They came out of my mouth. And all of a sudden, everything in my life went on. It went through. It's like a video flashed in front of me. You see, there are times that things happen that you think God might have failed you. I went through some things in my life that should have never happened to me, but they happened anyway when I was a boy. God took me. Fifteen miscarriages. You know how many people prophesied? Oh, God said you'll have his baby. And he, oh. I sat in all those church services, and the baby still died. I remember a few pastors way back in the day when I was at Capitol Church. Went off, with, went off and, and the pastor and his wife died. that with your faith you've got to know God's got an answer today if that answer is it's going to happen but I'll take you through it see I stopped having a faith that said I trust God that it won't happen and started having a faith eventually when I said that I was dead for about 10 days Steve it died in me I had no strength to even talk to the Lord over about 3 months God worked out every scenario that was in front of me inside my own life and I started trusting God this way not that the thing wouldn't happen but I started trusting God that no matter what happened God was going to make sure it was for my best in the long run do you hear me your scenario might go on what you're asking him not to happen it might happen but your faith has to be in God that whatever does happen you're in God's hands and he's making it all to your betterment and his victory in you even if that's your answer today you've got to have an answer in God how many of you today you struggle with your answer to God raise your hand you struggle come on I see hands going up right now you struggle with your answer to God you've got scenarios right now you need an answer for God you've got to struggle right now God a struggle in the end of your life even at this moment God's chosen you to anoint something he's chosen you to bring his presence on something and if you ain't got if you don't think God's got an answer then you won't find David to go anoint him he's got a will for your life he's got a plan for your life he's got a purpose you gotta have it you gotta know God's got an answer you gotta know how to go forward God tells him, I want you to go to Jesse. I want you to anoint his son. God, Saul will kill me. He will kill me. Son, don't you remember all that stuff I had you doing in the temple? See, it's, 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 
See, he taught him from the first part, the answer thing. Son, I had an answer for your mama, didn't I? I had an answer for your mama. I brought, I brought you along. God, how am I going to go? He's going to kill me. He said, well, son, you remember your calling? I taught you how to do that calling when you was back there in the church. You used to trim those wicks and fill that oil. You used to just serve me. You used to just follow me and get involved where you're supposed to be and show up and be faithful and submit yourself and do the different things. I'm telling you now, son, go get you some wood and get you some meat and get ready to go make a sacrifice. The things I had you doing before in your calling is now in your anointing is going to show my visitation that keeps desolation away from your house. So I want you to go get you some wood and everything that you learned while you worked for me back in the temple. I want you to step into that small town and I want you to tell them I've come to sacrifice just like I did when I was a boy. See, God's teaching you right now what you're supposed to do right then. The same way that you serve, faithful. I told Woody, I said, my goodness, dude. I said, I, I ain't been in PH church in a while. I don't think there's any other PH church in the conference got, got worship like that. You know how blessed you are. But you know what? This, uh, all the things that are trained here and known to do, God's going to bring some of you out and going to put you in places the way you've served. Some of you have sat here and you've walked with Steve and, and, and you might be able to do something better to him or know something better or whatever thing, but you've sat here right at his feet and you've stayed right there and you've walked with this and there's a time that God's calling you out. And in the middle of that thing, then you're going to know what to do because you were right here. you stayed because you walk what needed to be because you were faithful because you did your calling at the time of the anointing of what you're supposed to go forward in God will pull you all the way back to here it's why you got to be here if you're not submitting yourself, then you're not going to know what to do when you go to your anointing stage. If, the, if you're not here trimming wicks and filling oil, if you're not being faithful in some scene, then when he brings you to the place of whatever you're supposed to do to anoint, to raise up a king for God, you won't know what to do. You won't know what to do. you got to believe God's got an answer how to bring that answer about and you learn it right here by being faithful in the midst of what God set you and made you he knew how to sacrifice because he had been sacrificing <laughs> he knew how to do the oblations because he practiced them says that many things came in front of him. All the brothers said, bang, 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 bang. Oh, yeah, sure, this, this is what God wants right here. This is what he's willed right here. This is it. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. God says, no. Huh? 
next. Yeah, this one, he's better looking. This is awesome. He got bigger by No. What? Where's the next one? Again. Again. See, because Saul, Samuel had been trained, he had already looked at the wrong thing in Saul. He had been through it, watched it, looked it, and already refused and already made the right choice about the wrong thing. He knew right then what he was looking at and what he shouldn't be looking at. You know, I've learned from some people what to do. And I've learned from some people what not to do. But I've always learned. back to Steve and Julie and relationships things, things I want. There's things I've been through I would wish on none of y'all here. Now that I've seen it, I'm, I'm talking about church now. There's things I've been through that I've went through in church and churches that I would wish on none of you here. At the same time, there's things without going through those things and haven't seen those things, I wouldn't be here today. I learned and what I saw and how I got to go okay God I know that ain't right but you got to speak to me and tell me what is right so God that hurt a ton walking through that scene but God build me off of that to be the man you want me to be God I'm not just going to run away now and go the direction and say God there ain't no hope you got an answer for me God so build me out of that and make me what you want make me to love everybody not to judge. Make me to, to reach out. Make me to be faithful. Steve, I honor you and Julie. There was a church that I love very much at about not too long ago. I was supposed to preach in the pulpit. It was a PH church. There was divorce and things that happened in my life. I had to call and tell me no. And you let me be in this pulpit today. And you let me preach this gospel. And I love y'all. So I get to see another PH church this morning. I get to preach in one. See, God's making something. He's trying to show you something right now. So that when you get to the time of what you're supposed to anoint, you don't choose the wrong thing. You don't choose flashy and strong looking and cool. You choose broken, ruddy, simple you choose the right thing God's got something for you to anoint God all the way through. If you're paying attention when He's building faith in you, and you're paying attention when He's building the calling that's in you, and when you walk through your testing, and all of a sudden you make it through that, and you've listened, you've watched, then when whatever comes at you that seems to be desolation, you'll have known your visitation, and you can gather all those things that God's done in you already to keep going on to what God has for you next. Everything that I've been through is why I'm here right now. 
God, I got it. I passed that testing right there. That's the wrong thing. I don't want that in my life, and I'm not going to anoint that. So, God, I stand whole in that right now, and that's where I'm at. It's what I am, what I do. Boom. It's what I do. And God, through it, teaches you all the way down the line. It teaches you. So that in the day when you're it, you'll know it to anoint in the right way your heads bowed and your eyes closed with me please everybody's got privacy in the room I want to ask you today who in here is having trouble with their faith this morning come on that's it hands already going up I ain't even finished the question you just got problems with your faith this morning believing that God can actually make a way believing you've been failed so many times maybe you cry that same thing out that I said to my counselor me this minister of the gospel that I yelled out loud I don't trust God because I've been failed before and it happened and I had to tweak my faith and bring it out I wouldn't trust in God for a scenario I was trusting God to be God regardless of the scenario if that's you raise your hand come on you see that's me I got problems with my faith this morning it's, it's a trouble for me to, to really step out and believe some things right now because I've been let down or whatever else has happened morning you say you know pastor i know god's given me something to do but i'm struggling with doing it i know i'm in his calling i know he's planned some stuff for me but i struggle with it i struggle knowing my place or fulfilling my place or understanding exactly what god wants but i need the calling of god to be worked out in my life i want to know what to do so that when i'm there i know what he wants if that's you just raise your hand has not been the easiest deal for me. 
I need to look back to the pride. I need to look past every other deal. I got some anger that's in me. I've got some, some bitterness. I've got some jealousies. I've got some pain. I've got some fear. I got some things that are making my testing hard to do because these things have come at me and God, my testing is hard right now. I don't even want to go forward because I don't know what to believe right now. And I'm just, it's hard to discern. But I don't want to accept the sheep bleeding in my ear. I don't want to go for what makes me anything. I want what God wants for me. If that's you, will you just raise your hand? Wow. And lastly, if you're here today and you know God's anointed you to anoint something, He's got a calling and a purpose bigger than you are. And you want to say, God, I submit myself to everything that you are today for you to make me what you want. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now, right where you are in this room. Would you, would you look up at me today? Most hands have went up in this room today for one reason or another. Some people it's as simple as I'm struggling, I'm struggling in my faith just to get over this hump. Some of you, you've been burned so bad in so many scenes, you've seen so many other stuff that you're not quite sure what to choose. God's got a healing for every bit of it today. It was about, I don't know, three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Because meetings like this are really important to me. This is a special place for me because of the people that you've got here. I don't want to just come say something canned. I, I got a book of sermons. I could pull something out. But God, what do you want me to say? God, he, they've asked me to be one of the voices for this year. And I don't want to just some, give some coin, some canned message, God, that has a nice little Holy Ghost jerk to it or something like that. God, I want I want to give a word to this congregation that I believe you have. About three weeks ago, we dropped this in my spirit, and I kind of battled with him on it. And it just became clearer and clearer and clearer in my spirit that this is what God wanted this voice to speak into you. That God has been looking to guard, gather, keep, promote, show you off. And He's been giving you visitations to make that happen. But if you miss your visitation, if you don't notice when they've been coming and pay attention to all that God's done, then the day that you're attacked and it's supposed to speak for it, you'll have nothing to go on. So these four points he wanted brought to you this morning as individuals in a body. It's time to have faith. It's time to fulfill and just be in the calling, whatever it is that God's established, that every person in this room needs a pick and a shovel in their hand in Jesus. And you got to get ready for your testing. 
that you judge according to what God said, not according to the predispositions that are in you or what you've walked through, but what God wants you to see. And then this congregation, whether it's this as a whole or those that are sent out from here to the nations, this congregation will anoint what is a king for the Lord. straight up with you. If you answered any one of those three or four things that I said and almost every hand in this room went up so I, I ain't going to say who said for what. You know what you did. If you raise your hand, I want you to come fill this altar right now. Come on. desolate in my times. Some of you need a healing in your faith because your faith has been attached to other things and disappointments come in your life and you need a healing in your faith right now. In fact, I want you to start to raise your hand right now right where you are and start to believe God that a healing's coming in your faith. Father in Jesus name right now. Can I have some believers just come stand with them? Just come stand up with them. Put a hand on somebody's shoulder. Stand behind them. Kind of build a hedge. Speaking of healing in your faith right now in Jesus' name. Some of you are just now getting it walking to the altar. You're just understanding what that point was. There's a healing in your faith coming right now. I break the spirit of disappointment. I break the spirit of failure and fear in the name of Jesus where we had our faith attached to a worldly goal or attached to a physical objective and God it went down and we blamed you for it. Father in Jesus name right now I break that in the name of Jesus and I call a healing in the faith of every person in this room that God you are still in charge that you love us and you have us God and our faith is no longer in a scenario right now it's in the God that can take every scenario and make it to what he wants it's in the God that still rules in the storm Father in the name of Jesus we speak healing in every single faith place right now God in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus God, we let it go. Some of y'all need to let go. There's some bitterness even with God. God, we just let it go. We let it go right now. We let it go. I let it go, God. We let it go. God, I let it go. And I, I believe you again, God. I just believe you. I believe you that you're in charge. That you got me. And that you love me. We speak healing in your faith right now. In Jesus' name. I speak an increase in your faith to believe where you couldn't believe before. In the name of Jesus, for you to believe right now that God can do it, you don't have to make it happen. In Jesus' name. I speak into your calling right now in the name of Jesus. I speak into the function of every individual right now within this church and within the body in the name of Jesus. I speak faithfulness to that. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray an importance rise in the middle of this room, Lord God, and in everyone here. 
Father, being established in the calling that you've got, we submit it to you right now, Lord God. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do, God. And I will keep doing it, Lord God, till you're done. In the name of Jesus, I will keep doing it till you're done. I will keep doing it till you're done. I need you to look at me right now. Right here at the altar, look at me. Okay, here I am. Six years ago. A a pastor that's walking through divorce. I don't know what to do, Julie. I don't know what to do. You know what I did? We started a dream center. I got out and just started serving the community and loving people and just loving them right where they're at and doing the, all the things I'd learned in the church. I just started doing this regular function. We had a city councilwoman there that didn't particularly like me. And I started serving her, asking her, what can I do to serve you? How can we help your district? I wasn't telling her what the Bible said. I was saying, how can the Bible be a, a help to you and lean on you and supply for you? Lo and behold, Steve, God appoints her as mayor. Our mayor is taken by the president to make housing secretary. And out of the blue, God picks this woman up and sets her in the mayor position. She's learned from five years of working with me just the truth and the solidity of who I was and how I walked with her. And I asked her, Mayor, can we start a pastor's council for you, our mayor, that you can lean on every month and talk to about the issues? She's Pentecostal Holiness, Steve. Pentecostal Holiness Church in New York. She tells me her testimony. I pray with her. We raise up a council of pastors around her. We just did 2,500 people coming from around the city because she asked, Pastor, can we have can we have a citywide prayer meeting? Our mayor, the seventh largest city in the nation, San Antonio, just called a citywide prayer meeting. We had 80 pastors participate saying one-minute words of one-minute prayer targets. We had 2,500 people there total. The whole city came in unity. And you know who God put up on the front and center leading, guiding, and directing the whole thing? Is this dude right here that shouldn't have been anywhere according to them. But I knew what to do because I had done it in a temple since I was six. Do what God's called you. Set it and walk it. Forget everything else. Because if you just serve, God's got a time that you don't know about it, but He elevates you back to a status and does things in you because you were just faithful, because you just walked it out, because you just didn't quit, because you just kept going, because you just saw it happen and you wouldn't stop. It's time to work it out. Now some of you have been working in your calling and you're wondering when God's going to bless you. You need to right now lay it down and say, God, I will serve regardless. I didn't do it to get some of a spot because that wasn't even a thought of possibility. I did it because God had called me to it and he set me for it. And that's the dedication you got to make today. So if that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now and say, God, I dedicate now. I will serve. I will walk. I will submit. I will do what you've set for me to do. I won't look another way, left or right. I hold on to it, God. Knowing that in your day, God, you will call me out. In your day, you will lift me. In your day, you will make happen. In your day, God, you've got a plan. And I hold to you right now on that. I believe you for it, Father. And I trust you, God, that you bring out the calling that you've got set in me.
I submit to it. I pray this with me. Father, forgive me for I've not believed you at, at certain times. Father, I trust you right now. I will stay faithful to what you've said. And I will just hold you to do what you planned. And I know, God, that you'll take it where you drink. If you're here today, and you've walked through all those other scenes, and all those other scenarios, and there's a testing been going on. Some of you have chosen the wrong things already. You've chosen some things that were right for you. Chosen some things that were the wrong things. Today, it's time to say, God, I, I give back what I chose. And just close your eyes with me right now and let you just raise your hand. Just raise your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I break what Jesus, every other thought. Father, where we walk, Lord Jesus, with people and things, Lord God, Father, that have not been you, we release those things now. It's time to release them. In the name of Jesus, they're done. It's over. It'll no longer be something that drags on you from your past. It'll no longer be something that you gauge or set your future for. In the name of Jesus, Father, the choosings that we've done that have been not by you, we let go of them now, and we set ourselves, God, our compass to point straight at you. We thank you for it, Lord. If you believe God's a choice in you and anointed you to anoint something greater than who and what you are and to set a king for him up in places and to establish his kingdom, I want you to raise your hand just right where you are. Father, in Jesus' name today, Lord God, I speak over every person in this room, Lord God. Father, I don't know the place is a reason that you established certain things, but God, I know you've established this place, Lord God, to establish your kingdom. Lord God, whether it be right here, Lord God, or what you send from it, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, these people, Lord God, are anointed to anoint, God, to see your kingdom established and a king of your nature set up because David was after your heart. And Father, the church that's being raised up in this day will be anointed after your own heart and that which is in this place will anoint it, go forward and establish it, see that set in a foundation built for it. Lord, we claim that, Lord God. Father, that in this community, Lord God, that seen so many different religious showings, Lord God, Father, they will anoint a king that's after your own heart. Father, for their families, Lord God, they'll anoint a king that's after your own heart for their purposes, for their plans. They'll anoint a king that's after your own heart. Father, I thank you today, Lord Jesus. The Lord God, you have given them visitations. That in the hour that they don't know what to do, Father, they will remember their visitation. And Father, this house will never be left desolate. These people will never be left desolate. Because, God, they knew the day of their visitation. They put a hold on it, Lord God. And they walk forward in it in you. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. I think we misunderstand anointing sometimes. I was just reminded.
commanded that in the Old Testament they would take spices and they would mix them together and out of that they would crush them and they would produce anointing and they would anoint people. They'd pour it over as a symbol, a literal symbol of the anointing. And I was reminded that we know what four of the spices were. There were two sweet spices and two bitter spices and then there was a fifth spice that we don't know what it was. And here's the lesson. God has this ability to take all the sweet things that happen to you and mix them with all the bitter things that happen to you. And then he can even deal with the things that you don't, you weren't prepared for and you didn't know about. He has this ability. The Bible declares that he works everything together for our good. He mixes it all together. You're anointed not because everything's been perfect. You're anointed because you've been through what you've been through. And some of y'all been through some stuff. But all that does is it strengthens the fragrance, the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life. You don't have to run from that stuff. The reason Pastor Warren's testimony is so powerful is because he's not running from it. His heart was steadfast through the whole thing. That's why I gave him the microphone, because I knew his heart. I knew that through the whole thing, his heart was faithful. He didn't choose it. He would have chosen it to be sweet all the way through. It wasn't sweet all the way through. There was some bitter stuff that happened, and there was some stuff he didn't even plan on. And in the middle of all that, guess what happens? Anointing. Anointing. Some of y'all been running from the bad stuff that you've been through because you think you can't be anointed unless you only tell about the good stuff. Listen, you're anointed when you can tell about the good stuff and the bad stuff. And still say, he still has a plan. I didn't choose it this way, but he still has a plan. Father, help us to become faithful in our testimony that we testify when everything has worked out the way we wanted it and we can also testify of your faithfulness when things didn't go like we wanted. And Father, when we're overcome by things we didn't plan or, or think about, all we know, all we know to do is we stand firm and we say, He's able and He's capable of working everything together for my good. And out of this, I will be anointed. There will be a fragrance that comes out of my life. And so Father, I pray this morning that what you would do is that you would remind us as a body that we have a smell. There is a smell, a fragrance that comes off of us. And we have a choice. We can pick and choose which spices or we can let you work it all together for our good. And the smell that comes off of us, the fragrance, is a fragrance of people that have been in your presence that can testify of your faithfulness and that will be anointed and set apart to touch people and rub off on them that the fragrance of our lives will rub off on them we ask you to do this in jesus name and everybody said amen before you go back to your seat would you just touch somebody say i can smell something come on tell them i smell something i smell something that's the anointing on your life amen and then you're free to go back to your seat for just a moment that you're here. I know you're going to enjoy this time together over this summer and we just encourage you to continue to be faithful in your attendance. As the ushers prepare to receive your morning tithes and offerings, we want you to remain faithful in your giving as well. We give because God is faithful. 
Amen. If you don't give, if you don't learn to give, what you do is you begin to manage your own money. How many of you discovered you're not very good at managing your own money? It's better when God manages our finances. Amen. And what we do is we give into his kingdom. He comes alongside us. So ushers, if you would uh, at this time pass those buckets. And if you're visiting for the very first time, we want to welcome you. We are so delighted that you've chosen to visit us this morning. We want to ask you to do us a favor. In your little worship program that you received, there's a communication card. We want to ask you to fill that out. We will not bother you, I promise. In fact, all we do that for is so we can bless you. The first way is you can see me at the back this morning and I have fresh snickerdoodle cookies for you as a way of saying thank you for being here. But when you, you say, well, then why should I fill this out? I'm going to get the cookies right now because we're going to mail you a card that gets you free stuff from Sonic. And how many of you know stuff from Sonic's good? may not be good for you, but it's still good. All right, and we're going to mail that to you as a way of saying thank you for being here. If you're here a second time this morning, welcome back. Welcome to our family. You can see me at the back, and I've got a card to get you a free uh, large Papa Angelo's pizza, the best pizza in the universe, real New York pizza that I don't get to eat anymore, so I'm living vicariously through you, so I'm going to give you the coupon and let you go do damage to your heart in my place. Just ask for the Steve special. They owe me medical bills. I, I shouldn't have eaten there as much as I did, but uh, just a reminder, we started this this past Wednesday night. This Wednesday night, if you would, join us, 5.30 to 6.30, right out here in the front. We've got free hot dogs, chips, and drinks, cornhole, bounce houses, all kinds of stuff for us as family. And we had some new folks show up this Wednesday night. Pastor Woody told me that two young people that just came in off the street found out we were having youth service afterwards and stayed for youth service. That's what that's about. It's a chance for us to impact our community. So we encourage you to join us. This Wednesday night, all of our young people will not be here. They will be at youth camp. Pastor Warren's here to preach one week. And so if you've got a teenager that would like to go to camp, see Pastor Woody or Jesse and they'll hook you up. But we're delighted for that. We have a special guest with us this morning that I want to tell you about. How many of you listen to the radio? All right, six of you. All right. There, uh, we want to encourage the rest of you. My radio station is, and you can ask my kids, I didn't just make this up because she's here. My radio station is set nonstop, never changes, uh, to 88.5, which is the House FM. And uh, it's a great ministry. And this morning, we just, we, well, this week, we just happen to be the featured church of the week. So they're going to talk about church, Passion Church all week long. Um, but we're delighted this morning. You can come on. This is Selby, Shelby St. James. She's one of the DJs. You probably hear her on the House FM. She's going to greet you and tell you a little bit about the House FM. And I encourage you to start listening if you haven't been. Thank you. Wow. You guys really have it going on. Free cookies, pizza, bounce houses. Like, this is where it's at. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, I really enjoyed the message today. So thank you so much again. It was wonderful. I felt the spirit moving in me something else moving in me um but yeah open with a pee joke that worked out well all right um <laughs> i'm one of the hosts from the house fm i work on the house party uh from five to six every day we do the request hour um so you can call in and request songs it's one of the many perks of my jobs is uh, getting to come and visit and talk to you guys on the radio so thank you so much and you can listen to us at 88.5 and um also throughout the week you can hear a message from pastor steve going to be playing so be sure to tune in for that and um like the message said today i'm 
kind of bad at listening a lot and I get really, really busy. My life gets hectic. And though that's not an excuse not to spend time with God and get in the Word, uh, listening to the radio is a great reminder to me to spend time. And my car kind of becomes one of my favorite places to worship whenever I listen to the house. So that's just a couple of the reasons that I listen. So hopefully you can try us out maybe for 30 days. Just try a listening challenge and see what kind of a difference it makes in your life listening to the House FM versus regular radio and getting songs of praise stuck in your head than other songs that you wouldn't necessarily want stuck in there. So try that out, 88.5, and uh, be sure to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat. We're basically everywhere. We're kind of like Santa Claus, only better. So just search for us, The House FM, on all that stuff. We even have a free Listen Now app. You can listen on your smartphone, so you can download that for Kindle Fire. Wherever you get your apps, just search for us, The House FM. Okay, just a couple more things, I promise. Uh, Finally, coming up August 7th, we're going to invite you to join us at Whitewater Bay for Christian Family Fun Day. It also happens to be Jill's birthday, I think, so you can celebrate both of those things at the same time. Uh, There's going to be a movie in the wave pool and live music. And you can even get discounted tickets. Just make sure you search for thehousefm.com and you can buy discounted tickets there for Christian Family Fun Day, August 7th at Whitewater Bay. And okay, um, also visit the House FM booth. I've got it set up out there. You can get free stickers, free pens, and um, we've got little bracelets for sale out there as well. And one last thing, thank you again. Thank you so very much. It was such, this is my first church of the week to do and I couldn't have think of a better place to start it off. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And thanks for all that you do in your community. Have a great day. Uh, We're delighted that they're here, and I encourage you to stop by her booth out in the lobby. She's got some stuff she can give you and let you know about the radio station. Stand with me this morning. Don't forget, Women of Faith, if you'd like to go see Amy Watkins, or you can go out to the comm center and sign up. We always leave with this shout because we wanted to get down into our spirit and who we are. We live with this shout. Live with passion on the count of three. Let's raise the roof. One, two, three. Live with passion. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.